Hello and welcome to episode 216 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now coming up on today's episode is the third in a four-part series celebrating my time at the amazing 2000 Trees Music Festival. Over these four specials, I've conducted interviews with 12 different bands. It's been a lot of work, but it's been so much fun, and I really do believe that there's something for everyone. If you haven't listened to the two previous specials, please do, because on the first one, I was joined by Can't Swim, Fox Jaw, and Stick to Your Guns. On the last episode, I was joined by Super Love, Orchards, and the absolutely amazing Holding Absence. And on today's episode, I have three brand new interviews for you all. I'm joined by Nervous, Jen and the Degenerates and the incredible Boston Manor. These interviews are so good and I really do believe they show the atmosphere, the passion and just being at the festival. The whole vibe is there and I really think it comes across on these face-to-face interviews and I'm so proud of them. So I think the best thing to do is to get straight to the first interview. I'm joined by the amazing M. Foster from Watford's incredible band Nervous And this was the first time I discovered this band at this festival. And that's some of the best things to do at a festival. Find brand new bands that you fall in love with. And then you spend the next week absolutely obsessed listening to loads of new music. But honestly, M is absolutely fantastic from the start. So here's me and M from Nervous talking all things 2000 Trees. M, thank you for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Thanks for having me. As we sit here right now, I'm not just going to say this, the sun has come out, it's absolutely glorious. Did you for one moment think there might be a point that you never play a show again after two years of this being delayed, people going crazy and not doing music anymore? Does it feel like a dream that we're actually sat here now? It does, actually. There are several points, I think, during, uh, like lockdown that I thought oh, I don't know when this is gonna happen or whether you know the, the, the band is gonna survive beyond this or how our lives will change in that period so it's amazing to be back and playing shows again what I want to do today as well for the listeners out there is take it right back to the start and I do this with all the musicians that come on but tell me about that first record that you remember buying maybe with your pocket money that made you think I want to be in a band like this is what I want to do Oh, uh, I actually think it was a band called it was a band called Captain Everything, and the record was called It's Not Rocket Science, um, and I got it from a place called CD Warehouse in Watford, and it was a CD, and I listened to it on my CD Walkman, and they were a band that were from Watford as well, and so I got to see them locally a bunch of times, but I think listening to that band and seeing them play, I was, you know, it was a it was a, attainable. You know, playing shows like that, just like punk shows to small rooms for the people who care about your music. I was like, I can see how this might actually work. And I think listening to that and growing up around those shows in like, I guess, community centers and those kind of local halls, it was something that you could do. It wasn't like, I think like a lot of people, depending on what kind of music you play, I think if you're exposed to like huge concerts or whatever, it's not an attainable thing to start doing, but watching Captain Everything, a local punk band playing a local youth centre, I was like, 
I can do that. So yeah, I think it's not Rocket Science by Captain Everything would probably be that record. And something I've asked everyone that's been at the festival today is about the experience of your first gig because we all love CDs, we all list, you know remember buying those albums and falling in love. But until you see a band live, that's when you really appreciate how much work and effort goes into a performance. What was that first gig that you're proud of? You can admit it if it isn't a cool band. You know, my first was Cooler Shaker, but you know, it's not cool. Um, my first gig was Robbie Williams at the Docklands Arena in 2000. Be honest, I bet that was incredible for the experience. It was absolutely of, yeah. amazing. Uh, I loved it. I got a sleeveless sh- shirt that had uh, the Robbie Williams logo. It was like a black one. It had the Robbie, the RW Robbie Williams logo in glitter, and underneath it said London, New York, Paris, Nutsford, which is where he's from, <laughs> Manchester. I love it. So, yeah, that was my first gig. I was like, this is the best thing in the world. And I love it. That's, also, a, hell of, that's actually, a hell of a foundation, isn't it, to start on? Because he, from the moment he walks on, even if you don't like the music, he's got you in his hand. He's got the whole crowd in his hand. I, I will level with you. Robbie Williams is, is the actual best. <laughs> like, you listen to those first couple of records, like, Live Through a Lens and I've Been Expecting You, and the songs on those records are so good. Love Supreme is epic. Yes. That's a uh, sing epic. when you're winning. That's Unbelievable. Um, yeah, no. I, That's I, how to write a chorus. I am actually quite a big Robbie Williams fan. So let's just do a Robbie Williams podcast. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, no one else is going to expect this at two thousand trees. No, not but at all. That is a hell of a tune. Yeah, and even then, like you think, like the kind of, I don't know. I think that that was an exposure to rock music in itself. If you listen to like Life Through a Lens and and I've been expecting you specifically, there are tunes on that that have like such massive rock influence like they do. and he had a band with him like an indie band I remember him being on the scene in Enemy and he was kind of not wanting to be associated with Take That and be taken seriously so he had a live band with guitars and distortion and he was like fuck it let's do this that's it he was doing Brit Rock and like, and even like I, I'll say this now uh, Karma Killer off of uh, I've Been Expecting You was like a massive influence on one of a, one Nervous song off our first record uh, like with the uh, orchestration towards the end of it and like People uh, are listening also, now going, really? Also, what? the lyrics of Karma Killer being like a really like uh, bitter, horrible breakup song. I also took some inspiration for that for Oh Joy, which is the first song off our first record. So, yeah. This is the and National have, Robbie Williams podcast. Has I have got a tattoo Robbie there on my... Tattoo? Uh, yeah, I've got a Robbie Williams tattoo that says, Win Some, Lose Some, which is from I've Been Expecting You. So This is a genuine biggest fan moment ever. I did yeah, not no, think we'd be doing this. Yeah. Well... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to go from that. So tell me about how did Take That breakup affect you? No. Um, <laughs> well, it didn't. I didn't really know who Take That that's, that were. That's fair, I, yeah. We're, we're here at 2000 Trees, and does it feel unbelievable that you're gigging again? Because for two years, the thing you do, the thing you breathe, the thing you live for was taken away from you, and it must feel like there was a moment it was never going to happen. Yeah, I think like a lot of people... Um, like not just me went through it in terms of like people who've you know put their life into making music probably had a bit of a moment where they were like what am I going to do now and so the fact, well, I started driving a van for Iceland and was like you know this is fine uh, delivering food but I, I'm experienced at driving vans because obviously I'm in a band and I tour but um, yeah I think it, it did seem like I couldn't I think when, when we were in it, in the real thick of it, I, I don't think there was much of an end in sight. And like, obviously it's still very much happening now. Um, but it feels amazing to be able to get back into spaces with like-minded people and play music and share that experience with each other again. And I'm so glad that we can still. 
and have the support to do it to to be able to come and play a festival like this it's it's my first 2000 trees and it feels like one big family i'm not just saying this i genuinely believe that everyone here loves everybody there's no attitude and everyone's just here for the same reason live music and just being allowed to live again yeah i think so and that's what i loved about 2000 trees bef before even the pandemic was just that it's community focused like the people who are here are here to watch music and you get to hang out with people in bands that you've known for however long or people or meet people in bands that you don't know and all that kind of stuff that you kind of definitely take for granted i think sometimes do you look at the lineup poster and kind of pinch yourself when you see bands like Frice and Jimmy World and all these incredible bands go, fuck yeah, we're on that poster. Like This is, this is going to be framed on my wall forever. Absolutely. I, I just met Jim, who I think you just spoke to, but I just met Jim and like Jimmy World are literally one of my favourite bands from that whole scene. Like They have the best songs. That like The songwriting is absolutely impeccable. And to be able to share a stage with them on a festival like this is like, you know, I, it's the kind of thing where you'd say, oh, if if 14 year old me would would have known this, but actually, 33 year old me is still just as stoked as 14 year old me would have been. So I, I had to try and remain cool and like yeah. so in control then. But I was like, you wrote Clarity, you wrote Bleed American, like my favorite albums. Jimmy World are genuinely one of my favorite bands. They're the yeah. reason I want to play guitar. And I've just sat there and been like, fucking hell, like, pinch me. Yeah. So to share the stage, you must be like, this is everything. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. Uh, yeah. Don't take it for granted at all. Like, Never. It's so cool to be able to watch them play later. It's going to be amazing. And are you uh, looking forward to any other bands on the bill that, you know, maybe the bands that not everyone knows are the people that you're yeah, like, oh, I'm check these out. I'm looking forward to seeing Cheerbleeders. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Creeper. I'm looking forward to seeing Anti-Flag. Um, Anti-Flag is going to be unreal. Oh, it's going to be great fun. Like they're, they're sort of old friends as well from before pandemic, and so it's nice to be able to catch up with them and watch them play live. Um, but yeah, I'd say tonight my things are Cheerbleeders, Anti-Flag, Creeper, and Jimmy Eat World. Oh my God, I'm sitting here going, oh shit, that's tonight. Yeah, yeah that's tonight. It's incredible. And then we've got Fries tomorrow, and oh, it's going to be yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Oh, and tomorrow I'm going to go and watch Turnstile. Oh, Turnstile and Fries back to back. I'm going to do a big flip. Oh, or I'm going to try. God, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> Dude, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, but I've got one more question. I'm going to put you on the spot. Everyone that comes on the podcast, I ask the same question. It's to choose the outro piece of music to today's episode. So once me and you have had this interview, it's all edited, it's all wrapped up, and the world gets to hear it. Yep. What is the one song that means so much to you that would be the perfect outro song it might be Robbie Williams after we've talked you know about what today. it is yeah, it's it gonna is. be <laughs> I wasn't surprised I can't act shocked no I reckon it's gotta be Karma Killer by Robbie Williams actually and is there any more meaning apart from what you've said today that justifies it being the outro song yeah it's absolutely massive that's all and you also need Robbie do. Williams yelling look what he didn't take from me is just like the best thing in the world there you go <laughs> thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me I have absolutely loved this and it went completely different to how I imagined so thank <laughs> you so much my friend thank you for having me cheers
So there's my first interview with me and M from The Amazing Nervous. One of the best live performances of the whole weekend. People were going crazy and they fully deserve it. Nervous are a band that you need to check out. And M was absolutely incredible on this interview. I love her passion and I love the way that this podcast actually turned into Robbie Williams cast. And if you ever question the dedication, she sat there and showed me in the flesh the amazing Robbie Williams tattoo. So never ever question that. Next up on the episode today, I have Jen and the Degenerates. Not an easy one to say, but an amazing band. They've recently toured with Skunk and Annecy and are making huge names for themselves in the country. And on today's episode, I'm joined by Jen and Sean. So I think the best thing to do is to get to that interview. So here's me and Jen and Sean talking all things 2000 Trees. Welcome to the Mark and Me podcast. Both of you, how are you doing on this beautiful sunny day? I'm great. I'm resisting heat stroke with every fiber of my being. I'm just about starting to feel human again. I drank a little bit too much <laughs> last night uh, and the heat is... It's not yeah. what you need after a, a big night on the, the drinks. No, no. Waking up in a tent that's about 900 degrees. Oh my lord. <laughs> and now we're outside and it's about 900 degrees as well. It is. It's lovely though. Can't complain. How are you feeling after two years of no gigging, no festivals, and now it's finally here? I had to pinch myself because I thought, is this going to happen after two years? I needed that release of just seeing music again. So does it feel like you've been let off your leashes again and you can do what you enjoy best? We've actually been back on the road for a little while because we did, we did a big tour with Skunk and Nancy in, was it March? Yes. So I think, so we, this is, this is, um, this was the first time we've been at Trees though, and we're really loving this specific festival. This is great. Yeah, yeah, we were really excited to do this um, and having this be like the kind of, I guess like the opening to our festival season, really. Is, it it feels like a like a big family. Like the, the, it's not ridiculously like Reading, which is huge, and it's not this tiny festival. It's just the right size and everyone just seems really happy and just nice yeah, and friendly. No, it feels like everyone loves it, like everyone is here, like whether they're working or they're punters or like everyone's just kind of, yeah just loves being here it feels like a proper yeah like you say family community and you just mentioned you've been touring with skunk analysis a band that have been going over 20 years which blows my mind someone like skin as a front woman to a band do you take inspiration every night when you're on tour watching thinking this is unbelievable like this is a dream oh yeah absolutely for sure definitely just like taking notes we learned so much from them like on and off stage like i think that was almost the biggest step up was We'd never been part of such a big operation before, so learning like that professionalism, but also, you know, having some fun as well on some of the nights. And yeah, they're really great people to learn from and hang out with, as well as being fucking awesome musicians. So isn't it great when you meet someone and you really hope they're going to be nice because you've got so much respect for them, <laughs> and then you meet them and they're lovely, and you're like, phew, like <laughs> I was worrying about this. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Amazing. So tell me about the weekend so far. Is there other bands you try and see while you're here? Do you try and enjoy it as a festival, or are you like, okay, we'll play and then focus on other stuff? What, what no, no, we've been we've been at as much as we can every oh, yeah, day. Like, if we weren't playing, I probably would have come here this weekend. Anyway Amazing. As a punter, so yeah, we've definitely been trying to catch 
like just as much stuff as possible. There's lots of people we want to see. So, and you have you discovered any brand new bands that you're going to get home straight away and be like, I'm going to listen to all of their music. Uh, I really liked Black Foxes. I'd never heard of them before, but they were sick. Yeah. I really like them. Great. Yeah, Black Foxes are great. Um, I, I mean, I'd sort of heard of Harriet before, but like hadn't properly like like knew the hype. Um, like we just seen them this morning, and they were fucking great. They were really good. Um, so yeah. And you're looking forward to like the headliners, like Jimmy World last night. I thought were fucking incredible. But tonight we got Thrice. Is that sort of your band? Are you into watching these sort of bands? Yeah, I love Thrice. Thrice, like both of those, like Jimmy World and Thrice, is like yeah, my teenage years. So yep. it feels like properly a nostalgic. Little time machine tonight. Yeah, back and watch it's it. nice. It's like a couple of headliners that feel very nostalgic, and then a couple that are like you know idols and Turnstile that are very brand new and sort of. I can't of, wait you know, to see Turnstile. I've never seen him live, so I'm, I'm looking so forward to excited. it. And were you guys nervous when you come here? Do you feel like you look at the poster and think, God, there's all these bands. I want to go there and prove ourselves. We've got this slot to hopefully find a whole new crowd that will hopefully then invest in time and come and see us again. I don't know. I'm really weird about nerves. I only really get nervous when there's people I know. Oh, so if there's like a family member in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Like if if like my uncle or someone, like someone's in the crowd, then I get nervous. But if it's... um, Obviously, you want to make a good impression. You know, you want to do a good job and put on a great show. But equally, you know, you might never see them again if they don't like you. So it's fine. <laughs> like a group, like all five of us, tend to get excited more than like giddy, more than nervous. Yeah. So like really, just like even the skunk, the skunk tour when we were playing to like you know it's like you know two thousand cap venues and we were just like just get really amps and just like I don't know, yeah, more like fuck it, let's just really go for it warming up for skunk analysis is a great chance though isn't it to prove yourself to come on and hope those people that got there a bit earlier might just leave with your t-shirt or a cd or a vinyl and that's fucking great chance to try and just win some new fans yeah definitely we actually sold out of merch on that tour so could like you're doing something right i mean i also think it's down to the fan base i think they've like cultivated like a really amazing fan base of people who are interested in something a little bit different because obviously they you know they were kind of doing stuff differently from the off in a time where it wasn't as you know cool or whatever to be you know to have things like your identity be different from yeah. the norm it was it was more of a thing against them whereas now i think obviously we still experience oppression and and stuff but it's now it can be a positive to Definitely. be to be queer and stuff in terms of like how people view you as a cool band and whatever. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a really important message. And I think Skin, for me, has carried that kind of flag for 20-plus years. Absolutely, But yeah. now more people are getting behind it and taking note, and it's a really good time for that. Unless yeah. you're in America. Fuck those guys, but you know. Oh, God, yeah. So how's the rest of the year looking for you guys? Are you just absolutely manic now playing catch-up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, tour, then festival season, somewhere writing and recording in between all that when we have time. Um, then tour our well, headline tour in autumn that's amazing um, yeah just just pre- pretty mad uh, now you can't complain can you when you're busy I mean I know oh, you said no. you were quite busy during the pandemic and after that but there was still time when all these gigs weren't happening in festivals so now it must feel like let's play catch up let's just go and do as many shows as we can let's record when we can I know you said Absolutely. that it's gonna be, you're going to struggle in between all these festivals and gigs yeah, yeah. but off days <laughs> so you've got new material ready to try to get down on some uh, in some studios yeah yeah always. yeah we're always writing new stuff we've got some specific ones in mind but it by the way the way it happens sometimes you write something better in the meantime and that ends up taking precedent but yeah we've we're, we're always as a band everyone's always bringing stuff we're always working on stuff it's 
writing's really key to I think our bond and our dynamic as a band. And one thing I always ask every band that comes on this podcast is, have you got any advice that you'd give to anyone that's listening today that's trying to be in a band and get noticed? Because it's such a hard world to get seen. Streaming is more... It's just dominating everything. So you need to be in a band to be prepared to get out there and work hard. But have you got any advice that you'd give to listeners that might want to just kind of get noticed? Yeah, absolutely. This is something I'm really passionate about because I think there's a lot of... um like posturing and misinformation for young artists. Uh, it's definitely something we experienced when we started. And There's a lot of bad advice out there. A lot of bad advice. If you don't have a network to start with, it can be really difficult. I actually run weekly sessions on Zoom uh, for people who want to like drop in and ask questions and get advice. Oh, that's awesome. So um, if people, that would be, I can give more in-depth advice there if people want to head to Instagram. It's like a three pound charge just to like drop in and ask like literally anything. Um, for and where can they find that? What, what? It's via our Instagram at Jens Degenerates. Yep. Um, That's amazing. And just so drop me a DM. Just come in and just ask yeah. those questions they've been eager to, you know, yeah. ask. We're also working on some cool stuff. Um, like Marshall is working on some cool stuff right now about that will hopefully be dropping in the next couple of years about like some free education headed up by Steph, who used to be in Gallows and is now in what, Lioness. Is that the new, Steph's new band? I might got that wrong. Um, so yeah that that's awesome but i'd say the most general advice is at, at first focus on growing your audience as much as you can um and then the people in the industry will come to you because you're proving your value yeah so i'd say focus most on just increasing your audience playing a bunch of shows um posting on social media writing stuff and finding out who you are as a band and getting as many eyes on you as possible and then like statistically you're more likely to get the right eyes on you that way I love it my final question and this is a hard one especially for people in bands the outro piece of music to today's interview with us you can choose the outro piece of music it could be any band any song but there's two of you so we might need to have a fight who wins but what would be your perfect outro song and I'm going to put you on the spot and you need to tell me today no you go you can both have a choice if you want and then okay, I'll surprise you on the episode which one we go with is there a song that just means hell of a lot to you some people like, like your song you'd have at your funeral or a song that just means so much <laughs> that is the I mean, perfect if we're going for like that for like my favourite song of all time is um, All My Friends by LCD Sound System so that's a great choice I'll go with that do you want to go with that and make it nice sure, and simple sure I'll just got? I'll just appease him it's so hard to be me no I'm joking yeah that sounds great Great thank you both for coming on I hope that everyone that's listening today checks out your music and then goes and sees you on tour in the UK at the the tail end of the year yeah yeah it was starting up in September yeah amazing thank you so much guys brilliant thank you so much thank you So there's my interview with me and Jen and Sean from the amazing Jen and the Degenerates. That's not an easy one to say and I really struggle with those ones. But hey, what a great couple of guests. Like I said, they've just come back off touring with Skunk and Annecy. People are raving about this band. And I've just realised this is some of the best British bands I've got on today's episode. Boston Manor, Jen and the Degenerates and the amazing Nervous. Celebrating some of the best talent we have and all of them were phenomenal. Next up, and the final interview today, is me and Mike from the amazing Boston Manor. 
one of Blackpool's finest bands and honestly the chemistry is great and just another incredible band that there was a huge buzz for all weekend and they did not disappoint. So here's me and Mike from Boston Manor talking all things 2000 Trees. First of all, welcome to Mark and Me podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. First of all, what I want to do for the listeners out there today is give them an idea of how you basically got into the bands that you are now and you listen to. So tell me about that first record you remember buying that basically made you fall in love with music. Oh, that's actually an easy one. Um, it was uh, Conspiracy of One by The Offspring. Oh. Um, and I only, my introduction to rock music was seeing The Offspring perform on Top of the Pops, the Pretty Fly for a White Guy, which was such a big tune. Yeah. And uh, then, yeah, it was, I think that was the next album they put out after Americana. And that was the one that I bought. And, you know, it had Original Prankster on it. And I was obsessed with it. I was, I'd always flick through the little book and look at all the doodles and read the lyrics and stuff like that. I was, and it was the only album I had as well. So it was like, I got my money's worth out That's of that. That's the thing. I think at that age, people don't realize, but you'd buy the CD for 12 pounds. And even if it was shit, you'd have to justify you spent 12 pounds of your pocket money. <laughs> so you need to like sit there, smell the inlay, read yep. every lyric, listen to every track. And you'd be quite like... You wouldn't admit defeat. You'd be like, it's great. I'm going to listen to it to a death. Oh, man. Yeah, I know, and there are so many terrible albums that I bought and tried to convince myself that I absolutely loved you know <laughs> and uh, you know what some of them as well like actually did take a bit of work to get into but once you once you understand it better then you're just like oh okay actually this is a this is a really great album you know yeah uh, the thing is as well it changes when you see a band live um, can you remember that first gig you went to where you kind of felt like oh my god this isn't just a CD this is I can feel I can feel the actual bass shaking my ribs I can see this actual band in front of me playing these songs I'm so used to <laughs> Yeah probably probably my first gig which was Corn actually it was uh, Oh wow it was Trust Company were opening uh, and they were like an unknown band still virtually unknown but uh, they were actually a band that I saw live and immediately went and bought their CD and I remembered the songs hearing them back on the CD you know straight after seeing them live one time phenomenal band and then yeah then it was Puddle of Mud and then it was Corn, and I just remember just the, and this was 2002 as well so it was like 20 years ago man yeah and and then I saw saw Corn at Leeds and Reading 20 uh, almost 20 years on from that so wow yeah like 15 years on from that Corn, and they were still Corn, just yeah. as good they still got it like yeah. Jonathan Davis on stage still gives it like it was 20 years ago Freak on the Leash and all those tunes and Blind they still hold up now you listen to them you think this could have been recorded yesterday yeah definitely and they still sound amazing live and they still look good as well yeah you know they still got all the rockers they, they, they haven't gone great. to that kind of Rolling Stones look where you're like give up now Jonathan yeah. like head you're too <laughs> old for this you can't do anymore <laughs> So then, I suppose, when did it come about that you thought to yourself, I can do this, I want to be in a band? I, I, you know, I, I don't want to go and work in a, like a supermarket or an office, I want to be in a band. Um, well, it's interesting because uh, my brother and I were in a band for, we were in different bands um, when we were a lot younger, and then we kind of just like became a little bit disillusioned with it, and we were just like, ah, you know, this, this is a hobby, and it's a little bit like trying to do this as a career isn't a feasible thing. So I went off and did my career I worked in a hospital I was a biomedical scientist for you know six or seven years and um, it was this new wave of like of bands like 
Balance and Composure, Turnover, The Story So Far, Sea Haven, all of that crop of bands that came up uh, that were just like no ordinary. It just seemed like ordinary people, very young, ordinary people making music and actually making it like a viable career. And, yeah. and people and these labels were actually investing in them, like Run for Cover and Pure Noise Records, who we used to be signed to, actually. Um, and it, it was weird because we decided to give it another go and everything naturally fell into place and a lot of everyone in our band is from the from you know our area and all were in bands that we all played together in back in the day so we knew each other quite well and we'd actually i'd never met henry before but immediately when we met henry um it was just like because we met him through a friend of a friend it was like we'd known each other for years and we just got along we we loved all the same bands we had the same um kind of like ideologies and where we wanted to take the music and what we wanted to do um, and it just, it all came together. It was like, it was a, it was almost very strange how it came together, you know, like five people in the kind of place that we live in as well. It's Like-minded, rare. very rare. Yeah. You know, you don't find that in Blackpool. <laughs> but yeah, the fact that you came together and you formed this band, you all had the same kind of passion and love, I suppose, does it seem absolutely insane now that you're here at 2000 Trees you look at the lineup poster and you're seeing bands like Thrice who have been going in the game for 20 years love Thrice my favourite band of all time Um, Jimmy World last night and you look at the poster thinking we're doing fucking good guys we're on the same poster and the same lineup as these guys yeah it's it is pretty nuts for sure like um, because we're going on tour with Alexis on Fire as well in October and yeah these are all bands that we grew up listening to and a lot of them have really like have, have been quite an influence yeah. on our sound as well but i think because it's been such a slow steady grind to get here um sometimes it's hard to really notice like because it wasn't it's not an immediate jump you no. know so we've been doing it over like a long period of time you know it's been next year it'll be 10 years of boston manor from when we started um and yeah it's it, it feels right it feels like we're ready ready to be here and this is actually the first festival that we ever played as a band and it's the first festival i ever went to as a uh, you know That's the amazing, first time man. I ever went to a festival yeah. was we were playing it it's my first so. time here this weekend I've done all the festivals Reading Download all this Glastonbury but instantly the moment I walked in I felt like this is a family this is one huge right. family the vibe is so different to any other festival just looking out now the sun's out but everybody there's no attitude there's no dickheads there's no one being drunk and disorderly genuinely everyone's here just to have a good time yeah this is my favorite festival in the uk yeah. like hands down it's i absolutely incredible. love it there's yeah there's none of that there's no egos everyone is literally here for the bands and the music um, and yeah, it's a great attitude. I love this festival, man. You just it's mentioned great. then as well, you're going on tour with Alexis on Fire. I'm not just saying this because you're sat here now. That new album, it's been a long time coming, is my album of the year. Oh, it's so good, it's isn't it? It's fucking incredible. It I so saw them good. at Slam Dunk a couple of weeks ago and I was just blown away. That hunger that band still have after all these years. That must be something you look up to. You've just done nearly 10 years. They've been going nearly double that and they still yeah. look like a band that have just done their first ever show. Yeah, it looks like they still absolutely love what they do. And you know what as well? They were one of those bands that like, because we, we, we pride ourselves on the way that we perform live. You know, we always like yeah. to give like an energetic performance. But yeah, we look to bands bands like that as well as uh, as inspiration for, you know, how to conduct yourself on stage and um and you should you know like you can just stand there and, and play your instruments and stuff but you when you look like you're having fun everyone else wants to join in and have fun with Do you, you know, know it's transparent as well people don't realize this i speak to a lot of bands every day bands don't realize right i went to see system of a down they came back and like oh, a, a big tour 
and they're amazing, but they just got through the motions. You knew they were like, oh, how long's left? Right, three more songs. But the audience see it. You're just like yeah. a puppet playing these songs. When you see a band like Alexis on Fire or Refused or, you know, Deftones, they give everything for a reason, and that's why they've been going 20 years. And yeah. like you said, if you go on stage and enjoy yourself, Everyone in that crowd is going to enjoy themselves. Even if they don't yeah. know your band, they're going to be like, oh, I'm getting into this. It's, yeah. it's amazing, man. Or what have I been missing out on all of yeah. these years? Yeah, for sure. I saw Deftones um, for the first time since 2006, like a few weeks ago, and they were the best I've ever seen them. And they're all like a little bit older now, and I, I just think that they've really honed what they are as a band, and I, I really enjoyed watching them. They're one of my favorite bands of all time as well. Did you see them at the London show, or was it a download? It was, no, it was, oh, it was when we were away. I wonder if it was download. It might have been download, yeah. They've got that hunger. Yeah. For some reason, it's like they've been going so many years. White Pony, for me, is one of the greatest albums ever put out there. I fully agree. And uh, Chino, he just comes on stage, and I'm like, you must be getting on for like nearly 50. And he's like a 20-year-old again. Yeah. It's, it's mind-blowing, but yeah. there's a reason why bands like that keep going. Yeah. Definitely. Is that who you kind of look up to and kind of think, if we are like Deftones in another 10 years, that's what our kind of goals? That is actually, uh, I think Deftones are the main template for us. We want we want longevity and uh, we've been through all of that real, you know, because we're still five original members and we're all best friends as well. And we want to just keep making music that makes us feel excited. We want to make, that's, I think that might be, you know, like one of the biggest struggles is you want to get bigger so some some bands may compromise on the kind of music that they want to make just to get there and we want to try and have it both ways yeah so that's where we struggle the most is we want to write those bigger songs to get to progress but we also want to write shit that gets us really excited and pumped to go on stage as well you know, a, so we want to keep doing that it's a real fine line and you we started today talking about offspring i've got nothing but respect for offspring smash for me is an amazing album self-esteem come out and play great songs but they did the whole, let's write a pop song for radio, and it got them to where they need to be. Yeah. You don't look like a band that's ever going to write that song that's going to go, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> You're not going to do it. I don't think so, no. I mean, uh, I do. that's what I do love about The Offspring, though, as well, because a lot of that, a lot of the pop and rock music in, like, the late 90s and early 2000s are a big inf inspiration for me. Maybe not quite so as, as crass as that yeah. kind of thing, but, like... I do enjoy I do enjoy listening to the, those songs and saying, "Wow, that's an amazing hook!" Like yeah. I can't believe they thought to put that in there. And it, it I guess it makes me want to make, wants to want to take more chances and want to take more risks with our music. Not in the, not in that kind of no. way, but like in our own personal way as well. And I think that's kind of cool because you look at that and you're like, "Wow, that's a really cool hook." It is, you know. I guess I, I, I still know cool, it now, fifteen years later, yeah. and it's still in my head, and it'll like weed to some bands like that. They have these hooks that stay in your head for fucking m weeks. Yeah. For yeah. a reason, so it's, it's it's a compliment. It's just, I still I still can't get past that song. <laughs> it's just too much for me. It's too yeah. much in the music video uh, and stuff. Oh yeah. And we're sat here now, two thousand trees. Did you think at one point this would never happen because of the two years of cancellations, the fact that COVID stopped basically you doing what you're best at and what you get up for every day and live and breathe? Was there a point where you're like, are we ever going to play a show again? Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Because, I mean, no one knew what was going to happen and it just felt like it was just going to go on forever. Even after 2020 um, and, and even 2021, there was like the, the new uh, strains and we were just like, I don't know if things are ever going to get back to normal. And then lo and behold, here we are. Um, I, and everything seems completely 
fine again, I guess. You know, it's, it does uh, seem like strangely normal. Like I look out and I see everyone having a great time, drinking, socialising. No one's wearing a mask, but everyone's happy just to be here again. Yeah, and you know what? As well, I, I've said this many times before, but that um, we actually, as bad as that year was, we actually really needed that year to reset and and to rest because we were really. Um, really grinding hard you know we, we were running ourselves into the ground we were touring too much always in the studio always recording and and it actually forced us to take that break that we really needed yeah so when we came back um, it was like a almost like a fresh start again and and also it when you when you've had something like that taken away from you it just gives you that little check just to say you know don't ever take this for granted and stuff like we never really do but it was that extra reminder you know I, I've done and it's about, important. Um, about 12 interviews over the last couple of days and the one thing I keep hearing is taken for granted and it's true you can get to that point where it probably feels a bit like robotic like another gig tonight let's do it let's do the set list let's do this I suppose every gig you now do could be a last so you've got that mentality of the last year of like we need to really fucking embrace what we're doing because yeah. we don't want it taken away. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we try and live that way um, all you know every day with this, and and even if it's just to take a time, you know, the time out to actually really appreciate where you are and who you're with, and you know, it, I guess it's all about perspective as well. Like, especially if you've worked a job that you didn't quite like or you've ever felt like miserable, not liking where you're at in your life, um, having that having what we're doing now to compare it to that you know it, it kind of it kind of really helps to have that perspective especially sitting at home during 2020 and just feeling like a, a spare part didn't know? that time drag as well like the longest year of everyone's life like another day of this yeah I mean after I mean that's all dark well I wouldn't say it's done but like I feel like we're kind of getting over that but I feel like there are some fresh new problems in the world now to be a bit wary of and I'm not too sure I like where everything's going at the moment no it's scary um, so i don't know who knows maybe live music's going to be threatened again by i don't know something i don't know what it would be but the world seems a little bit volatile I'm on edge. and chaotic I always feel a bit on edge on edge yeah, yeah it's not good especially um like we're a little bit maybe like nervous to go back to america um with a lot of these like shootings and then they've announced that you can conceal carry a weapon and america is kind of like our it's our second home it's the yeah. place that we play you know probably the most so uh, that is a little bit nerve-wracking as well sorry to be no, a bit of a bomber it's on, and to but be it's, serious but it's honest but and it's yeah. true and yeah. you put the news on now sometimes maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong for it but I try and avoid the news because I don't want to see how shit the world's going and you can sit here we can have a great time have a beer look out and see the sun but it's also quite gloomy and yeah. America just seems, and it's not a dig, it just seems fucked up at the moment about all the abortion laws, about the shootings. Absolutely. And it just feels like, are you ever going to get a fucking grip of reality and realise you can't treat people like this? It's insane. It's. It, I mean, I, lo I love America. I think it's an absolutely brilliant country, but they've got so many things wrong. And I feel like uh, over the years as well, a lot of their problems have just been swept under the rug. Yeah. I mean, look at the the, BL, the BLM movement as well. I've massive. Um, it's just like, yeah, you've just been sweeping all of these problems and issues under the rug this whole time. And, and here is, it's come out now in full force. You know, this is what you need. It needs a wake up call. It does. But yeah. It's not a good time, but the good times are that we are here. We are at 2000 Trees. The festival lineup for me is one of the best out there. I keep looking at the poster and thinking like, it's one of those dream lineups. It's insane. Yeah, I almost thought it was... I looked at the poster last night, actually. I was just like, I just want to double-check, and it looked a little bit 
made up. It does. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's, oh, it's someone's it's just made insane. their dream lineup. Yeah. Are you looking forward to seeing Frice's set tonight as a headline? I think they work so hard. They, I've never seen a band evolve like them, apart from someone like Radiohead or the Beatles. But I put them up there with that, and I, I think they're going to be incredible. Oh, I, unfortunately, we have to get home, oh. so we're gonna. I've seen I've seen Thrice a couple of times before, and I lo I absolutely love them, but we have to we have a long journey back, and no, um, yeah, we're, we're trying to get home tonight. So I think we'll watch a bit of Turnstile, hopefully, and then we'll we'll get out of here. But it's unfortunate because they're one of my favorite bands. My my final question today, and what I do on this podcast to make it as original as I can, is I ask the guest that comes on the podcast to pick the final song that's played. It can be a song by any band out there in the world or a piece of music that you love that's personal to you. So imagine this is all edited, it's all done. Yeah. What's a song by any band that I'm putting you on the spot that comes to your heart and your head when I ask the question to be the perfect outro song today that means a lot to you personally? Um, it's pressure. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I probably, I think it's called We're In This Together by Nine Inch Nails off the Fragile album. Incredible choice. Yeah. They've just recently played, and I keep seeing footage of their live concerts. So I'm like, why did I not get a ticket? I'm an oh, idiot. I know, yeah. I've missed them every single opportunity we've had. Like, We've always missed them when we've been touring. They've been playing the same festivals and stuff. But I'm um, hoping to see them at Riot Fest. We're playing Riot Fest in Chicago in September. I hope oh, to see them there. Line up again. Oh, yeah. my God. Man. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on, dude. And yeah, I you. really appreciate it. Thank you so much. So there's my interview with me and Mike from the amazing Boston Manor. As I said at the start of the interview, I'm a huge fan of Boston Manor. They were one of the bands that I couldn't wait to see at the festival and people were talking about it all weekend. There was this huge buzz on site and they did not disappoint in any way. A huge band that you need to check out and they're just going to get bigger and better as time goes on. Mike was so down to earth and one of the best guests I've had on Mark and Me and I'm so grateful for him coming on. I'm actually so grateful for all the bands that have taken part in these specials and I've had the time of my life recording them and it isn't over yet because there's one more to come. As I said at the start of these specials, this was my first time of attending 2000 Trees and from the moment I got there I felt this huge welcome. It was so good. The sun was shining the whole weekend and for me it's now my favourite festival in the country. Do not miss out because the 2023 tickets are now on sale and honestly everything about this festival is just unbelievable. If you've enjoyed today's episodes and thank you so much for listening, all I ask in return is to jump on markandme.com and share the episode. It costs you guys absolutely nothing at home to do this, it's literally the click of a button. Go on Facebook and post it as an update or share the episode. Go on Twitter and retweet it or go on Instagram and put it on your stories or just give me a comment. Just doing that can go really far for Mark and me and make a huge difference. I think some people don't realise just how much of an impact it can have. If you retweet this, all those people that follow you will then see this. They might see this band and think, oh, I recognise Boston Manor or Nervous, and then go and listen to this episode. And that's huge for me, and it's completely free marketing. I don't make money off this podcast, and I'm a one-man team, so it really does go a long way. And if you've really enjoyed today's episode, I do have a Patreon account. On there you can support the podcast each and every month which provides me a chance to go out there and record more interviews for you guys at home. All I ask, and I think it's about a pound a month, this will guarantee you two episodes each and every week. 
a welcome pack which includes some incredible limited edition stickers and a pin badge and so much more. And soon I'm going to be introducing some Patreon only interviews just for you guys to say thanks for supporting me. I'll be back with a brand new episode and it's the fourth and final part of my specials for 2000 Trees tomorrow. It's been a hectic week but I've had nothing but excitement and just overall just... I've been completely overwhelmed if I'm honest by the support. I'm seeing all the bands retweeting it, sharing it, telling me it's some of the best work they've done and it really does mean a lot. So thanks to everyone that's listened and taken part till now and I haven't quite finished. So until the new interview drops tomorrow, please take care. Look after yourself and I'll speak to you all very soon.